Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester CX Cast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. My name is Deanna Laufer, along with my co-host Sam Stern. You'll hear our voice each week. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of CX Cast. I am Deanna Laufer, your host, along with my co-host, Sam Stern. Hello. And today we are welcoming a brand new guest to our studio, Judy Weeder. She is a senior advisor on our Customer Experience Council, and she's relatively new to Forrester and comes to us from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Rhode Island, where she was a senior business consultant in customer experience. And so we're really happy to have her on the podcast today to talk a little bit about her experience as a practitioner in CX and also how she's taking that experience now to Forrester. So welcome, Judy. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Sorry for that long introduction. Let me let you speak. No, it's all it's all good. Uh, it's actually funny because I was a Forrester customer for four mm-hmm. years. So I actually met Sam through that. That's right. And it's it's really fantastic coming over to the other side and now getting to learn from a whole bunch of other different companies what they're doing and be able to help other people improve their customers' experience. Yeah. Great. So let's back up a little bit in your career and tell us how did you get into customer experience at BCBS Rhode Island? So sort of a, a happy accident. I wanted to get into healthcare after I had children because healthcare suddenly became super, super important to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, once you become responsible for someone else, it, it's a big deal all of a sudden. <laughs> I started off in an area where we're focusing on member engagement. So trying mm-hmm. to get members or patients way more accountable for taking care of themselves, particularly when they have multiple chronic conditions. And the project I was working on came to an end. And as it was coming to an end, the company took a step back and said, do we really want to focus on member engagement or do we want to focus on customer engagement? Mm. And then it became, well, maybe it should be customer experience. And at the time, I had a very forward-thinking manager who had engaged Forrester and had joined the Customer Experience Council Mm -hmm. and handed me a bunch of research and said, go read this. (laughs) And it just sounded really fantastic. And I was like, oh, these are great concepts and we should totally be doing this. And why aren't we doing this? And we're not asking the right questions on our our voice of the customer surveys and all of these things. And then he left. And when he left, it was a point where we then had to go and sell everything to our executives so he had he was leaving basically on the cusp of that so I got to finish the sell job but then actually take the work and carry it forward and for a while I was a customer experience department of one which is always (laughs) funny I would go somewhere and people would say what's your title and I'd say it's customer experience that's it. <laughs> That's yeah. all my title is. We don't um, need many titles in a department of one, right? No, no, right. you don't. But you sound super efficient when you're a department <laughs> of one. Yeah, I do it all. Yeah, I, I am the alpha and the omega. Um, but it's also, I'm an extremely tired person because I'm doing all the market research. I'm doing the voice of the customer work. I'm doing all of the outreach and the consulting throughout the organization. I'm working with the product people. I'm working with marketing. And I'm working with clinical. And it was just tiring. Yeah. So thankfully, we were able to get more resources involved, but it grew naturally. And Mm -hmm. it also grew because I was throwing a ton of effort at it. And I found a lot of friends along the way. And so that's how customer experience kind of evolved there for me. Can I ask you, you know, you made the case or or were able to convince someone that you did need more resources. Um, That is a a topic that is 
almost always top of minds for our clients. I'm wondering, you know, what what did you find persuasive? I mean, just people seeing bags under your eyes, seeing you exhausted, or was there something <laughs> she else? She needs more help. Yeah. Please Poor help Judy, her. we got to help her. I'm so tired. Um, actually, the funny thing is it was, it was almost like we took it by fiat. So mm-hmm. we had a couple of people who were working on some things that you could relate to customer experience. Yeah. And those people were moved under me. And they were more focused on the digital experience mm-hmm. and the employer experience. So remember in a, a health insurer, um, especially a regional health plan, you're going to be dealing with individuals, but you're also going to be dealing with employer groups. Right. Mm-hmm. So we had folks that had those two different kinds of experience and they were put under me. So then they were working on very specific projects. But then I was the overarching person who would look at everything across the entire enterprise. And so a lot of it was not so much building new roles but taking work we already had and just moving it under mm. me where it made sense. And then I could train them, teach them CX principles, and kind of grow their skill set. Hmm. Okay, great. I, I like that, the, the by fiat or the co-opting <laughs> of, you know, sort of adjacent areas. I mean, that strikes me that there's an opportunity there for you to integrate maybe related but not, you know, planfully related areas. Was that a big part of what you were doing? Yeah, it was. And we were looking at digital in particular because Mm -hmm. that was such a huge thing, both for Blue Cross at the time, but then also for my manager. And she was someone who had run our call center. Yeah. So she actually very acutely felt the pain of our customers (laughs) because she was the one who got the escalation. She was the one whose name was on all of our letters. And so for her, it kind of made sense. What can we take? And so another example of something that we took was the look and feel of the explanation of benefits document, Mm -hmm. that really nasty statement that you get that says this is not a bill and doesn't make any sense at all. Why am I getting this? It sure looks like a bill. (laughs) It it looks like a bill, but it's not a bill. And what is it? Um, So she had owned that previously. And the call center didn't really say anything. So hmm. our our rule was possession is nine-tenths the law. <laughs> so we just took it. We said, okay, well, we own the front end. And we found a very clever and happy partner in the people who owned the data. And then we worked on that, improving that. So a lot of it is in finding the right partners, but also having the right management. So that's critical. You need the right support. All right. So, Judy, I'm going to ask you to do something you're not very good at it. You've told me you're not very good at it, which is to brag here for a minute. Sure. And you've talked about, you were alluding here just to the, the explanation of benefits. Is that what it's called? Yeah, explanation of benefits. I was going to say which EOB. Which doesn't actually I was going to be guilty benefits. of abbreviating uh, to uh, yeah. the explanation of benefits and, and the redesign there. Mm-hmm. Other things that you, uh, on your own and then with your growing team, accomplished? Sure. Well, so the one I'm going to use, and I'm going to embarrass Sam because this is fun. So there was a customer experience council meeting that we had back in Denver in 2013. Mm-hmm. And at that council meeting, I went to a workshop that you'd led, Sam, and it was about employee engagement. And so, Deanna, you weren't there for this one, but it was it was really wonderful. And at the end of it, we had to come away with something. And I joke about how Sam, like, blocked the door and wouldn't let us out <laughs> until we showed what we were going to do. What is your takeaway? Yeah. What is your takeaway? But we had to write a plan yeah. for what we are going to do to engage people. And we had to come up with ideas. And so one of the ideas I started to sketch out was this thing called CX 101. Mm-hmm. And it was the idea of let's see if we can teach people virally um, about Mm. what customer experience is and what it means at Blue Cross. And so I brought that back to my managers. Um, We actually brought it up to the senior executives who then said, this is a great idea. (laughs) And we said, okay, so we need some money so we can, you know, have food there so we can have, we can get curriculum. And they said, that was a really great idea, but we don't have resources Mm. to give to you at this time. 
I said, okay, so what are we going to do? So my manager, again, good support, said, all right, build it yourself. You said you were willing to do that. Mm -hmm. Go over budget on the food. I don't care. I'll pay for it. It's just snacks anyway. (laughs) And just do it. And I piloted the class like two months later and then put it on every other month for the next several years. And actually at the point when I left, it had been only running for maybe like two years. Um, At the point when I left, I was just told on my way out that the chief customer officer had requested that HR make that a mandatory class beginning in 2017. So she had actually sat in on one of the last classes that I led. Mm -hmm. And so that right there, that's huge. But then also the CXI from the classes and the NPS from the classes that we were collecting at the end were in the 90s. So kind of sort of feeling like the students came away feeling pretty good about what they were getting. I think that speaks so much to what a small team of really dedicated CX pros can do Mm -hmm. because you took the, hey, we don't have budget and said, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, we have to. You have to be creative. Um, You have to be willing to roll up your sleeves. You have to be sort of guerrilla about it. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't just, you know, show up at this class because your manager tells you it's show up at this class. I'm going to promote it in any way, shape or form that I can and tell your friends at the end of the class every single time on the slide. It said you're going to get a feedback survey and please tell your friends. Here's when the next class is. And there were many people who would come because they said, oh, my friend was in the class. They loved it. And I even had one whole department, actually a clinical department, that um, after a couple people had been through it, they talked to their management, and that management team made it mandatory for all of the nurses to go through it. Hmm. So, again, it's it's about putting the right content in front of the right people. Yeah. And so that, that I definitely see as a success. Great. Yeah. So, Judy, now we're really lucky to have you here as part of the Forrester <laughs> team on our council. Um, how is it changing roles from being a CX pr- practitioner to being an advisor for a CX practitioner? And how are you taking what you learned and applying it in your new role? So it's a lot more exhausting going to member meetings because now I have to work them. <laughs> so there's definitely that aspect yeah. of it. But it's also really cool because I get to help create the content. In fact, I'm, I'm working on an event right now that's just for the B2B cohort. Mm. And so that's really awesome because then I get to learn about what all these other businesses are doing without necessarily having to do one-on-one peer exchanges that are scheduled through an advisor. I already talk to these people and I get to learn from them and I get to help them. And so I'm growing all these CX professionals. And Mm -hmm. so there's something very rewarding about that. Yeah. Do you ever learn something? You're like, shoot, I wish I could apply that. Yeah, constantly. (laughs) Constantly. (laughs) And actually, there's there are also cases where I I look at, you know, as supportive as some of the management that I'd had, I look at some other folks and I'm so envious. You know, when I see people have a CX team of 150. I I start shedding tears (laughs) for the things that could never be. But, you know, when you have these really large organizations, I can see how you'd need it. Yeah. Well, Judy, thank you for joining us on on the first of what we uh, think might be a series of of practitioner conversations. Uh, Judy, it was easy to get you here since you're just (laughs) upstairs sitting next to us. Indeed. Well, thank Um, you for having me. Yeah, great. And listeners, we'll post uh, links to a couple of the reports that that, that Judy was sort of referencing there um, that uh, I think are going to be relevant uh, reads. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's CX Cast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in this episode in the podcast show notes. For questions or suggestions, please contact me at D-L-A-U-F-E-R at Forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality. Oh.